Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I'm your host, Bill Sickens, here along with Jeremy and Gretchen. Got a great show for you this week. We're going to be talking to the Rose City Comic Con and what they're doing and how they're going and how they're being safe and a lot of the new things that are coming along with that. Also, other big question of the week is Windows 11. We're going to be diving deep into that. I would also like to take a moment to commemorate the anniversary of 9-11 today. It's weird to think, where were you at when that was happening? How time goes by. Alrighty, on to the news. Our Landscaping Services is a small local business working hard to provide you excellent services and great communication for all your landscaping construction. Reach out to us for your new paver patio, retaining wall, artificial turf installation, walkways, fencing, and more. We will work with you to make your backyard dream a reality. Call 971-708-2123. What is in the news? Windows 11 arrives October 5th. We're actually going to be talking about this in a lot more detail a little later in the show, so I'm not going to put a bunch of that information out here now. It was also our Tech Wednesday topic on how to deal with seeing if your system's even compatible with this, but it is coming out October 5th. It is not going to be a forced thing. They're going to continue to support Windows 10 for a while. We'll talk about that as well, but it's definitely something that's there. I will say one thing in this part is I think the weirdest thing about it was that it moves the start button and menu bar by default to the middle of the screen. I think the idea is to make it look like Mac OS X. At least that was the feeling I got. My first step with it was to put it back where it should be. Yeah, yeah Windows is Windows, Mac is Mac. Right. They shouldn't be the same. And yeah. then, you know, I agree with you on that. And, then, and, uh, and I think Apple needs to learn not to try to be Windows too. Uh, then the mm-hmm. other side of it is, is I think my favorite new feature, at least that I've seen so far, is that it runs Android applications natively. So anything you can run on your phone or tablet now can be run on your computer. So that's cool. So we'll talk about this a little bit more. Automatic hiring software is mistakenly rejecting millions of viable job candidates. Yeah, and this is a topic that a lot of people feel very strongly about. Well, Gee, yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> You know, right now we've seen in the news, the job market, a lot of businesses can't hire. There aren't enough people to fill roles, which is legitimately a thing, but you don't need this other side of it. So what happens is, is when you upload a resume to job seeking sites, I'm not picking on these specifically, but just to give an example, like a Monster or an Indeed or any of the many others, most of those sites use an automated process to be able to run through your resume and kind of rearrange it into an order for the businesses that it's going to send it on to. And then on top of that, also figure out if your application's right for a given job based on keyword searches and and other things like that. So when you're dealing with this, what happens is, is if this automated routine, which in most cases isn't even AI and machine learning, it's just more a pattern matching scenario, Mm -hmm. decides that you've applied for a job because um, let's use something from my end that you want to be a programmer and the languages you do are PHP and C Sharp. And this is an example. C Sharp is normally C with a pound sign after it. Let's say on my resume, I wrote C Sharp, which is also correct, S-H-A-R-P, or put a space. It might not pick up that I know that language and then I'm never shown to that potential hire. It's, you know, so it's affecting things on both ends of the fence here. 
and definitely is creating some problems. So this is something that needs to be yeah. fixed and is definitely a concern. Google reportedly plans to put its own chips in Chromebook laptops. Uh, is that for 2023? From 2023, yeah. They're starting in oh, 2023, okay. in other words. So, oh, okay. Yeah, two years down the road. So, yeah, the this has been done with Apple, with the M1 series that they use now, mm-hmm. and the Apple products. So, this is nothing too new. It is one of the areas that they are concerned about for things like monopolies, because the more mm-hmm. these companies do all of this completely on their own, the more of a concern that becomes. But the other side of it, too, is the ability to actually build the Chromebooks. And we've talked about this in the past here, and it's it's been in the news that the chip shortage is still a thing. They uh-huh. thought it was going to get better later this summer. It hasn't. And <laughs> as a direct result of this, it's starting to cause a lot of problems with consumer electronics. And we, we know about cars. In fact, right now, our local, local being U.S.-based manufacturers, most are shut down for two weeks the plants because they can't build the vehicles because they don't have the chips. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing this problem in a lot of other things. So the idea that some of these manufacturers would want direct access to know that they get what they need and it does what it's supposed to do is something that I can kind of understand. The flip side of it is, is it pushes all of the competition out and is specific to their own setup. So that can have its own problems too. You know. So I have a question. Are these chips made here in the U.S.? I would say probably not. I tried to look up some information. I even called okay. Google about this. Yeah. And I couldn't get a straight answer. Because hmm. if they made them in the US or Canada or even Mexico, then it would be different because I think a lot of them are being made in China. Yeah. And okay. it would be nice to be see some things made on our continent. A lot of uh, chips come from Taiwan as well. And between oh, okay. problems and COVID... Yeah, and other things in that area, it it has been causing a great deal of uh, difficulty. This all started when when COVID started, and the automobile manufacturers assumed nobody was going to buy cars, so they canceled a lot of their orders, and then everybody started buying home electronics for telecommuting and that type of thing. So the chip manufacturers at that time started focusing on those. So that's why the vehicle chips started to come up short so early. But now we're just seeing it across the board. Mercedes Vision AVTR can be controlled with the power of your thoughts. Concept car, of course. Uh, Aviator is what that initial stands for. Ah. And (laughs) the idea is you sit in the car and it has these sensors to be able to pick up your thoughts. This is not sci-fi. It is actually technology that does exist. It's being used right now in prototyping things like artificial limbs and some other stuff like that. It's being used in technologies that will eventually be things like exoskeletons. These type of things do exist. It's in its infancy, but it is there. So the next step of it is you can just think and the car does what you want. Cool. Sounds great. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. <laughs> as long as the blinkers work, it should be fine. I'm ready for the exoskeleton, but not the car yet. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but, you know, going forward, we're seeing a lot of new features in cars. There's another concept car that's coming out from Audi that's designed for auto drive. Uh, it even comes with blankets and pillows in the seats. So when you turn uh, it to auto drive, you can relax. And yeah. there's one like, uh, there's a television show called Upload. Uh-huh. That makes me think of this is that when you put it into auto drive mode, it actually folds away the steering wheel pedals and other controls. So okay. you're sitting in the driver's seat and there's no, uh, none of the things that you would normally be there. If you put it back to manual drive, they come back. So, you know, but my first question on that is what happens if you have a glitch? 
I am all for auto drive, but I would want to be able to take manual control back without the machinery needing to do it for me. At least that's uh-huh. my feeling right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely a lot of kind of cool concept designs. And I think once they get the bugs worked out of all of this, it's going to be great. It's good. Auto drive actually has a lot of good potential. Uh, people that can't drive for whatever reason would have the ability to now be able to get around. It also will free up a lot of congestion because with computer control, you have a lot tighter ability to merge, change lanes, do all that kind of stuff, calculate out the rush hour. So it's not a bad technology, but it's one that I think definitely needs a little more testing before we trust riding in a car with no steering wheel. This week marks the 55th anniversary of Star Trek. Yeah, isn't it weird to think about, what was it, a five-year mission? Now it's 55 years? Yeah, <laughs> it's been amazing. Oh. This show made a lot of changes in a lot of ways, and I know it was canceled. Uh, what was it? Three years, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what a mistake. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I t- you know, talk about William Shatner was doing an interview on this and talking about this and just how much it's changed science fiction culture and everything else. And mm-hmm. when the show came out, how new it was, and I still remember the original TV guide listing for it. I saw it somewhere. Talked about, uh, it's not really supposed to give an opinion, but it did on the listing that, you know, the show's kind of ridiculous, but it's got color and and laser beams, so your kids will like it. It was something along those lines. And and, and how condescending. They had top-notch writers. They did. um, Writing for them. And the sad thing was, is I thought towards the end, they were um, they were actually starting to be able to explore some of the humor yeah. between the, the characters, which was nice. And I think they were gluing together even more so. I'm, yeah, it was it was getting to be a really good show. Yep, and, and it's kind of like, oh, no, we'll cancel that. And it takes some it takes some time to get there. Any shows like that, and this is one that I definitely recommend watching on 4K on mm-hmm. Netflix. It, it was fun to see it that way. It's almost like it's a theater. But uh, definitely worth doing. This is user-friendly. We've got a great show for you coming up this week. We're going to be talking more about Windows 11 and about the Rose City Comic Con. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Glad to have you with us today. And we are talking to the Rose City Comic Con. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, great to have you here. And it's great to know that you're back this year. We are. And we're so excited to be back. I'm actually at the convention center right now. Just feels so great to be here. No, that's great. I mean, there's nothing that replaces the in-person events like this. I know that there's been a lot of virtual and that type of thing just to kind of keep it together during the COVID disruption. But It's so great to have it back on site. And let's actually start there. What are you doing for safety this year? Because I'm sure there's some changes. Yeah, sure. So um, a couple of things to know. Uh, We are requiring proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test within the last 72 hours. And that can be a PCR test or a rapid antigen test. And this is actually um, a policy put in place by Metro, who's the governing agency of the convention center. Um, so we'll be checking that at the door. We're a mask mandatory event. So um, we follow CDC guidelines in terms of masks and kids five and under don't have to wear a mask. And then anybody five or older does have to wear a mask. Um, and then, you know, we have 
certain things that we've done, like our show floor aisles, the exhibit floor aisles are a little bit wider this year. Um, we're, in, we're um, doing social distancing in our panel rooms. Um, the convention center is filled with uh, sanitizer, hand sanitizer stations. So, you know, we're doing we're doing lots of stuff to keep everybody safe and able to come back together. No, that sounds great. And that's absolutely what you want. And I'm going to ask this question because a lot of our audience does cosplay. How does that work with a mask? You still need to have um, a CDC approved mask with your cosplay. Okay. All right. So and that seems to be pretty standard for that, but just so everybody knows. So let's get into the fun stuff. Tell us about your guests this year. Yeah, sure. So we've got some really cool guests this year. We've got Billy Boyd coming. Um, Lord of the Rings just recently had an anniversary. So we're super excited to celebrate that. We've got Christina Ricci, Adam Savage, George Takei. We've got um, guests from The Boys. Uh, You know, we've got such a great lineup this year. We're so excited for everybody that's, um, that's, that was able to join us again this year. We've got Charles Martinet, um, John Heater from Napoleon Dynamite. So, good, you know, a, a fun variety of new and old. And so. This sounds absolutely amazing and, and, and glad to hear it. So you were saying that you got some new features coming this year. Yeah. So a new feature we have, it's called Destination Cosplay. Um, you know, we, we know that our fans were spending the last year and a half working on their cosplay and we're super excited to get together and see that and celebrate it. So Destination Cosplay is the place to go for cosplayers. We've, um, created these really, really cool photo backdrops where that have props where you can come and take your picture for free. We've got a whole track around. Um, cosplay. We've got a ton of cosplay meetups. So everything is on our website, rosecitycomiccon.com under cos, uh, destination cosplay. So if, if that's what you're into, check it out. And then of course we have the cosplay contest on Saturday night. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that. So that at this point, everybody has applied. So contestants are already picked. They'll be doing pre-judging throughout the weekend. And um, the cosplay contest is open for any badge holder to attend on Friday. So there's no pre-registration required. Um, and, you know, it's just a really fun show to go and watch. Um, these cosplay is just amazing um, to see, especially in Portland. You know, it's, it's people here are so creative. Um, and, you know, give them a year and a half and let's see what they've, they've done. Um, and you know, there's fun things like giveaways and entertainment in between the, the different parts of the contest. So it's a really, really fun event and obviously open to the, to the, the whole entire family, anybody with the badge. Now I know in the past, the, uh, cosplay, this part of it, at least has been one of the favorite things to come and see. We've entered a few times and, uh, definitely watched it outside of that. What kind of thing? I know you know year and a half, and I know this is best guess, but what do you think you're going to see? I mean, what's kind of the expectation in terms of cosplay? Yeah, you know, so um, I think we're going to just see a lot of creativity. So um, things like characters that you wouldn't expect to see, um, like people have taken kind of like this, like they've taken it a step further, and they're like doing things that you would never expect to see. Some really big and flashy and detailed. Um, you know, it's just, I think people just had so much time to be super creative. And, um, we had another event a couple weeks ago in Washington, DC, and uh, it was just absolutely amazing to see what people had put together. So 
Um, I, I, you know, I don't know specifically what people have planned, but based on what we saw at awesome con, like just expect some really cool creative stuff. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see what's going on. You know, another area too, because we have had a year and a half is going to be the artist alley because you already always have some very, very unique stuff and some very unique things going on there. And I'll bet you, especially from seeing a show recently that you're seeing a lot of new things on that end as well. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we have again this year, which we normally do in years past, a completely sold out artist alley. Um, you know, that is something that is huge for our show and very important to our fans and to us. So we are so excited to have that full again this year and be bringing all of these amazing artists back. Um, we, of course, have our comic creator guests that are coming. Um, just to put a few out there, we've got Amy Chu, Amy Reader, Dan Parent, um, Mitch Gerard, Greg Rucka, um, Ron Randall, uh, Zach Davison. So, um, you know, some, some great guests lined up. All of those guests are listed on our website under comic guests. If you want to go and see the full list, um, We've also got some really cool panels put together by Image Comics and Dark Horse Comics. So again, if you want to see what those topics are, definitely visit our website or download the mobile app, uh, which is you can just search in your app store for Rose City Comic Con. And that has the full schedule. Um, So yeah, again, like that was another thing not to bring up the, the other show we run, but that was absolutely amazing. Just again, to see what people came up with and created, you know, it felt like there was just like this whole new world of, of things and creations out on the show floor. And, um, and I don't know if it's cause we haven't been able to shop at an artist alley in the last year and a half, or it just, you know, it really was, and it was probably a little bit of both, but like all these new things that people had made. Um, so it is, it, it's, I'm super excited. Um, Rose City Comic Con is my favorite artist alley to see. So, um, yeah. So I'm truly looking forward to that. Yes. And so are we. Lauren Dobb, Rose City Comic Con, rosecitycomiccon.com is the website. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you for having me. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Have you seen Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. This is the part of the show where you ask questions and we endeavor to give answers. How do you send us your questions? Well, that is a good question. One to start with, 503-766-6264. That's our phone number, 503-766-6264. That's 24-7. Or if you prefer some of these newfangled things, you can use social media, one user-friendly on Facebook and Twitter, or our website, userfriendlyshow.com. What are our questions this week? Is PowerPoint still used? Uh, Microsoft PowerPoint. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's out there a lot. We're still seeing it in a lot of places and um, is definitely part of the Office 365 suite, uh, which is the way that they pretty much sell Office now where you subscribe every year you pay a fee. And it's still definitely part of it and definitely out there. There are some other alternatives to it too, like slides on Google. Oh, which hmm. is actually something that uh, works just as well. In fact, you can import your PowerPoint uh, presentation right into the Google system. 
<laughs> Another option is OpenOffice, which is a really good replacement for Word. I didn't know OpenOffice had a um, a PowerPoint style presentation. They, thing. Yep, That's they do. Cool. They have every piece of it, spreadsheet, all of that stuff uh, is is built in. So this is kind of usable across the board, but PowerPoint is definitely still out there and definitely still used. And slideshows are definitely still a thing in this era. In fact, I just did one of these with a client a couple of months back. So you can't delete it yet. Can an Atari 26 output in, oh, that's 2600, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Can it output in 4K? Yeah, so, okay, a good so question. Just, to, just to sum that up, an Atari 2600 <laughs> or the old video <laughs> computer system. So this is not referring to the new ones that have just come out. They're asking about the old 1980s Atari 2600 machine. Mm. Can it output in 4K? The answer to that is no, not without a whole bunch of modification. Yeah. And even if you do the modification, it's still not really outputting in 4K because it's not but, designed to do that. Yeah, the programming for those games wouldn't have been in yeah, 4K. No, uh, so it just, you can stick it on there all you want and it's not going to be that way. These were designed <laughs> to work with a 480i, low definition CRT television, which mm -hmm. is what everybody had at the time. Yeah. And the output from it, if you're going to use it with a big screen, there are some methodologies to get it to work, but it is definitely not a 4K signal. Ah. How many cameras can I have on my ring system? Listener question, there's you know, been a lot more crime, it seems like, in the year last year and a half, and a lot more people are putting in security systems, including video surveillance. And at one time, there was a limit of 12 cameras on ring, but that limit has <laughs> been removed. You can have unlimited cameras now. Wow. And they will all save their footage for up to 60 days if you do the 10 buck a month plan. If you don't, you can still view them. It just won't save it. And you can download your videos. So going on to the next question here, which is, can I save the camera footage? The answer to that is yes. It's actually built into the system now, but you have to download them in blocks. So the one thing on this that can be a little bit of a pain to deal with is the fact that the battery-operated cameras save in 30-second blocks, and it's designed to save the battery life. The hmm. wired cameras do it in a minute or more, depending on your settings. So if you wanted to save a 10-minute piece of video, you would have to actually go on and download each of the blocks. But it is definitely possible. It's definitely to do. And you don't have a limit on the number of cameras that you can connect to the system anymore. Is Apple going to announce any new products this year? Yep, their show's coming up here very soon. It's going to be virtual this year. They're actually billing it under the catchphrase California Streaming. Oh, um, okay. So, uh, that's, it's, you know, I kind of thought that was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Plays off of the California Dreaming idea. Yeah, a number yeah. of new products. We're looking at uh, iPhone 13, which I think they're going to announce. Some of the stuff that's been leaked about that includes the fact that it has a satellite backup which means ah. the phone would conceivably work without a cell phone signal. Neat. And uh, what, whether this is going to be the entire banded of it or just limited to text messaging and phone calls or something is yet to be seen. We're also looking to see some upgrades on the Apple Watch and really a number of different products across the board that they have and they use this time of year to put out there. But there's a lot of different things, a lot of rumors circulating, so we'll talk about that when we know what's actually going on. But definitely, if you are an Apple user, go ahead and check it out. It doesn't cost anything to watch the stream. You can watch it right online. And if it's anything like some of the stuff they've done in the past, they're one of the better companies for doing the conversion to streaming media until we can go back to the physical shows. Hmm. 
So anyway, that being said, there we are. Go ahead and continue to send us your questions. This is always a great part of the show. And like we said at the beginning, one user friendly on Facebook and Twitter, it's actually the best way to get there or call or go to our website. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Jeremy Gretchen, are you ready for Windows 11? No. <laughs> That's been our, <laughs> our general Sorry. opinion. We did no, not rehearse that either. <laughs> no, we didn't plan. <laughs> it just came out naturally. Yeah. My goodness. I, from everything I've heard, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to do that because I don't want to buy a brand new computer just for their operating system and have to relearn how the whole thing is going to run because they had to make all these different changes. It's just, I, and, I don't want to do it. And I'm still reeling from the experience of, buy, of, of Windows 8 and um, my having to buy a new computer. And then I get this new computer with Windows 8 on it and I can't do anything. Yeah. I, and, there's a, a lot of feeling and, like that. And then there's the concern of, okay, uh, my mom has a computer and she relies on it. But she doesn't do a lot of fancy things with it. But what she does do on it, she counts on. And she's a senior. And she wasn't a senior that worked in an office or anything. She was a homemaker. And she figured out how to use the computer on her own, read all the books, unlike most people. And and so it, she's to the point now where her eyesight's not good enough to go and buy manuals and read them all. And I'm going to have to teach her how to use this new operating system. So. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. And I was just thinking, what about other people who have special needs? Are they going to have to be taught how to use this operating system? All over again from scratch? Yeah. yeah. I think anytime there's change, you run into these kind of things. The, the question really comes down to, is the change necessary? And is it something that's to an advantage? And with Windows 11... I've been a part of something called the Windows Insider program for many years. They've had it for a while, not just for Windows 11. But as a programmer, we get advanced copies of things and are able to kind of check stuff out. The other idea is, is that apps that I've written to make sure they're compatible with new equipment and new operating systems and that type of thing. So this has given me an opportunity to kind of really install this, go through it. Now, the first thing I will say is I did not, and I would not at this point, put Windows 11 on my production equipment. I have a backup computer that I use for testing these type of things, and that's what I was playing with it. Now, earlier in the year, that was much more important because it did have bugs, which is to be expected on a pre-release, and it has gotten better. But what you bring up is a very valid thing. Now, one thing for everybody to realize is Windows 10 will be supported until at least 2025. So this isn't a you-have-to-upgrade-right-away situation at all. And it is something that you can stay on Windows 10 and you can stay on it for the next four years if that's what you wanted to do. Now, if you like new technology, you can upgrade officially as of October 5th is when it's coming out. And on our Tech Wednesday this week at TheAnswerPortland.com, we have a lot more detail on how to upgrade and what's involved and checking your machine to make sure it's compatible. But this was one of the first things we did that kind of didn't give us the best impression is even as we're recording right now, if you go to the website to test, 
and see if your computer is compatible. Microsoft's website, there's a problem with the testing program, so it says check back soon. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't bode well. No, that does not. That does not fill me fill me with happy feelings. For that, may, that, may, that makes me feel stressed. <laughs> you know, um, and I don't really need more stress. No, and I, you know, I did a little bit more digging. I've actually got this. There's a third party app you can use, but it's not for most people because of the way it's being distributed. So I got onto Microsoft's blog and found another link that actually did go to the tester checker uh, software. And it did work, and I was able to find out that at least my computer is compatible with Windows 11. But the thing of it is, as far as all of that goes, I also would strongly recommend, especially if this is a production unit, to wait a little while and see if there's bugs and all of that kind of stuff. Because our experience has been, especially with every other version of Windows, it seems like, that there is some huge scenario that uh, Mm -hmm. uh, can be problematic. Now, this used to be the even numbers, so Windows 8, mm-hmm. uh, Millennium Edition, if you think of a Vista, Vista. was another one, yeah. And mm-hmm. all those two tend to correspond to the even releases. The odd releases, 7 was good, and what we now is Windows 10, which would have been 9 if they had kept to that counting mechanism. They skipped 9 and just called it 10. It has worked worked well. Now my initial, they can't fool us. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you are. You know. <laughs> now I will say my official or my initial feeling with eleven on the most recent beta release of it is it doesn't seem to have the problems like Windows eight did. It does run. It's pretty solid. I haven't been able to get it to do anything too weird. Okay, and, <laughs> but then the question is: is do you use um, softwares like Photoshop or AutoCAD? or um, some other industry-type intense pieces of software that are just going to go belly up when they hit this. Yeah, I I do use Photoshop or the Adobe Suite. That did seem to work. However, it's not compatible with some of the older versions. Uh Um, So that is something to consider. I don't know about AutoCAD. That'll be interesting to see where that's at. And another thing that I do notice with this is, in general, Really old software does not seem to play nice with Windows 11 very well. We had trouble with Windows 10, but could still usually get it to work. Mm -hmm. And this is talking about old 32-bit software. There's still a lot of it out there and a lot of it that's being used. I have clients that still use Visual Basic for applications and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. which definitely requires those kind of capabilities. And that's an area that we haven't tested out yet. We're going to have to do one with them to to see if it'll work or what it's going to take to bring it up to speed. So. What they're talking about for system requirements is 1 gigahertz or faster, 64-bit processor, 4 gigabytes of RAM, 64 gigabyte available on a a storage device, secure boot capable. Now, this is one of the areas that is a concern because there are some processors that meet the requirements that would run it that don't support secure boot or what's also known as UEFI. That's the acronym for it. And it makes them not compatible. And they've changed this a little bit after a little bit of pushback from Windows users. But that and the trusted platform module requirements are something that is definitely not supported by every machine that runs Windows 10. And that's what creates a lot of the problems here because the reality of the situation is it means that you have something that might be physically capable but not able to because of unilateral restrictions. Now, the reason these are in there... And I, w- I do have to put this out there because it's not just to be weird. does have to do with encryption and security. And okay. I'm a little bit concerned about, like, forced updates because they have had some 
wording and, and things where they're trying to trick you into changing uh, to their software and where they're kind of like forcing it. So are we going to be tricked into accidentally updating? I'm thinking about my mom. I definitely could see a point where this comes across as a Windows update. So that might be something that if you're concerned about that, at least for the moment, turn off updates and run them manually for a little while until we know exactly how that's going to work. So one of the other things that's interesting about this that I don't think is going to be too big of a deal, but it might be in some older cases, is it does require high-definition video. So they are making that step. So 720p or higher. So if you have a really old monitor, that also could be an area here that may not work anymore. Okay. So. That is uh, uh, something that, you know, something also to think about. And then it's also uh, delivered over the internet. So you need an internet connection that's capable of downloading and that type of thing. And that's pretty normal for, um, for all of this type of thing, you know. So anyway, that's the basics on Windows 10. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Glad you joined us for the podcast this week. And just to reconfirm this from the introduction, uh, our on-air show got preempted with the football game, which is totally fine. So hopefully you enjoyed that and are listening to podcast. You know, it's not a bad thing to get both. <laughs> hmm. And we did have a good show this week. I know, like I say, I say that every week, but looking at some of the different things, I am glad to see that Rose City is producing. It yeah, was fun to have an interview with them. It sounds like a very safe environment. It's going on right now. Check it out tomorrow. The tickets are still available, as far as I understand, and it is a great show. We've always enjoyed it in the past. We look forward to going back to it next year. But as, as long as everyone's okay with their precautions, and again, they are requiring either vaccination or a negative test. And the details on that are on their website, so you don't have to be vaccinated to go, but if you're not, you do have to have the test. And either way, you can go. They are requiring masks on the floor. Even in cosplay, it has to be an approved <coughs> mask, so that is something to think about. But outside of those things, they have some great guests she talked about, and sounds like the artist alloy this year is going to be incredible in some of the new things for the cosplay. So looking good at that, and definitely looking forward to an upcoming on-site event that we'll be able to do in the near future. Windows 11, again, I think the summary of that whole thing is don't upgrade on October 5th. Let's give it a little time unless you want to play with it and feel free to do so because you can at that date. And, you know, afterwards, especially if Windows doesn't work for everybody, only murders in the building. <laughs> okay, that was a segue into your show. It Go ahead and tell us about okay. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's something that's been, uh, it's a Hulu original mm -hmm. and it stars Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Okay. So yeah, two old guys and a young lady. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they have great chemistry. They do. It's, oh, they're it's awesome. fabulous. It's it's murder mystery, comedy, and and there's drama. And it's, it's done quirky. really, really well. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's supposed to be an eight episode series. And they've dropped uh five of the episodes so far. Okay. So the next one is coming out on the fourteenth. So in a few days from now, right? Um, <laughs> it's just it's it's uh, you know 
it, it, it's it, gripping. And, and you think you know where it's going, and then all of a sudden, oops, we didn't know about that. Right, right. And, 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 and the characters are wonderful. Um, all three of them and, and the supporting actors are doing a great job. And uh, the, the, just everything's done well. The, the setting, the clothing, the acting, the writing, it's worth the time. Good. It really is. Check it out. Okay, so Hulu and uh, sounds like something. Is this one for the kids? We always get asked that. Uh, uh, no. They asked not, not to have the kids involved because of strong language and um, maybe uh, some little bit of gory details, you know, okay. some things that are kind of icky. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a definitely, murder mystery. It's definitely murder for mystery. mature audiences. It's All right, mature. Sounds good. Well, check it out. This is User Friendly 2.0. Until next week, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or the station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.